This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's going on? Welcome back to the Blue Stable Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening to, uh, by the way, if you want to help us out, please like and subscribe to the Blue Stable on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube as well. We really appreciate it. And make sure you stick around for always some good shows weekly and, you know, training camps coming up. OTAs are coming up. Always stay tuned for that stuff. Landon, man, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. OTAs have actually started this week, so they've been going on since Tuesday. The media was finally able to check it out today for the first time. So we sure there'll be some great content, some great stories coming from OTAs uh, and, and all that. And we got some stuff to talk about from it as well. But yeah, overall, doing great. Ready for another fun-filled show with you. Missing my boy Marcus. Missing yeah. Marcus. So uh, he's he's having some technical difficulties on his end. Uh, but, you know, me and, me and Mike here gracing you with our presence. Uh, ready, ready to talk some cults. Yeah, man, Marcus has definitely missed. Uh, I mean, he'll, he'll be back. I, I might not even be on the show next week because I'm going to be in the middle of moving, so I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to be here. But we're definitely going to make the the effort as long as the internet gets installed on on time. Yeah, unfortunately, but. unfortunately, y'all y'all always got my ugly mug to stare at. So right, right. <laughs> well, man, uh, part of OTAs. Michael Pittman was absent from there, but nothing contract related, no, no drama going on. I, I never expect any drama from Michael Pittman Jr. He missed because him and Kiana Pittman are having, I believe, their second child. So congratulations to the lovely couple, man. I subscribe to them on YouTube, man. They are a fun couple to follow, to, to interact with. Man, they're fun. Uh, I first caught wind of them when Michael was in the draft process. And so he did like a draft, uh, like a what? A, what is it? Like a draft thing? He he threw his girlfriend in, and it was it was fun, man. Y'all y'all go check it out. But shout out to Michael Pittman, a father of two now. Uh, also is his lovely wife Kiana. But let's go go ahead and talk about this. Isn't the Michael and Kiana podcast? This is the Blue Stable podcast. This is the Michael and Landon podcast. Right, right. <laughs> the wrong Michael, right? Um, but, man, we got some good, exciting stuff to talk about, man. As mandatory minicamp approaches June 13th through the 15th, that's going to be definitely interesting to see where the team is at uh, at that point. And then training camp is coming up closer and closer. Day by day, it's getting here. But there's some exciting things going on. But on this episode, guys, we're going to talk about some guys that really need a bounce back here. And maybe the Colts kind of need them. To have a bounce back year, especially if they want to try and go and you know try and compete and protect their rookie quarterback. So let's go ahead and hop into it, man. Before we do all that, uh, make sure you always like the like like this show wherever you're watching Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all that stuff. Make sure you drop a comment uh, in the comment section. We'll be uh, highlighting those on the show here 
going forward. So the first one, man, Landon, th th this is a guy that we're going to go ahead and start off the show with, right? We're going to go with uh, Shaquille Leonard, Darius Leonard, whatever you want to call him. He's fine with both. Uh, Shaquille Leonard, man, he needs a bounce back year. He, he he needs one. And it's it might even be out of his hands, honestly, because of the seriousness of the the nature of his injury in his situation. It, it's I would I, I feel comfortable in saying that it is out of his hands. Like when it comes to a nerve issue and we've talked about it on this show. Man, it could last three days. It could last three years. Like it, it, it just varies with those nerves, man. I'm not entirely sure where our medic medical research is on nerves. They're all different. They react differently. But uh, Darius Leonard needs to get on the field. But of course, us, we want him to just get healthy first off. Like be fine, be normal, get back to being Shaq, get back to being the hype energetic you know we always love his energy he he brings to the camera before going out to practice right be that guy before you get there now we want to preface that as well don't don't push him out just for the sake of pushing him out but lane i want to get your thoughts first off first on Shaq, man yeah for sure so i mean he's like he's the engine that drives this defense and really drives the the locker room and the team i mean we, we know how much he means to this franchise and, you know, what he brings to the table, not even just on the field, but off the field. So having him back, I know he was out there today. Obviously he wasn't practicing or anything, but he's, I mean, he has been present in the building, um, which is always a positive thing. Everything we've heard seems, you know, which obviously take it all with a grain of salt. We, we know how the Colts, the past has been with, with injuries, but um you know, and them kind of letting people know up front what the business is. But, um, you know, everything seems to be trending in the right direction as far as him, uh, you know, get, getting back out there sometime this year. Um, I don't know if it'll be necessarily, you know, beginning of the season. Nobody knows right now. And that's just kind of where we're at with it. But as far as, uh, you know, once he does get out there on the field, yeah, I mean, we're, it's – it's going to be one of those things where he's had some time off now. We obviously saw him struggle through playing last year, you know, in the limited time that he did get on the field. And he just wasn't wasn't the same guy. Um, and, and that's not his fault. You know, it's, it's just the nature, like you said, the nature of the injury. Um, but we do know that when it comes to Shaq Lennon, man, like nobody's going to work harder. Nobody's going to push themselves to be out there and to be – the, the impactful player. I mean, even, even when he was out on the field last year, you know, I mean, he's, he struggled, but he still, you know, got out there first game, like interception turnover. Like he's always going to put himself in the right spot and the ball just has a natural way of finding its way into his hands. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, like you said, it's a turnover machine, man. So shout out to Drake. Hope you're doing well, man. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's going to be one of those things that we're just, it's just going to take time. It's just you're not going to know until you know. And until we actually see him out on the field performing, then you just you have to assume you are where you are with him. Yeah, I, I want to add another layer to this as well, because you, you need a veteran like him. And at this point, he's a veteran. He's played a lot of football, made a lot of plays, seen all kinds of offenses in this league. So having his presence on this defense, especially a defense that is young, 
a defense that's bringing on seven to eight rookies to this side of the defense without even mentioning possible UDFAs that are going to make this roster, right? Without even mentioning those, you need a presence in that locker room to let the guys know, hey, man, y'all are young. When y'all make mistakes, don't don't get too too, too down on yourself because if they these young guys get down on themselves, man, it could be a bad defensive year for Indianapolis, especially at the corner position. We know how vital that uh, that position is, and we'll touch on the corner position here in a little bit, but just a guy like that to keep you engaged, to keep you upbeat in the locker room, on the field, on the sideline, means so much to these guys. And if he's not out there, not only helping these guys develop you know, encouraging them, but also not on the field making plays. It starts to add a little bit. If now, if worst case scenario, we don't know if this will happen. We don't. Worst case scenario, if he doesn't play at all this year, there's got to be there's got to be major questions. There has to be. There has to be. Now again, it's a nerve. What this is probably a question you have to ask Chris Ballard and Shane Steichen if in December. Shaq hasn't played a game. This is probably a better question to bring up because they'll have more information than we do. But if you get to that stage and he's still not suited up, man, I mean, you're, you're, you've invested $19, $20 million annually into the guy. That matters. Now, yes, it's his money. He's getting paid. It's not my money. But just talking about where your investments are going and what your return on your investment is, you're not getting anything much in return and you didn't get much last year. So he was still dealing with the injury, didn't get much last year. I believe he got into the Tennessee game and got an interception, but, I mean, the ball was thrown literally right to him, so credit to him for catching it. But getting beat on the outside, not not sticking with his coverage, it, it's hampered a little bit. So it, it needs to, you know, he I think he is in need for a bounce-back year, not just for the Colts, but for Shaq, for Shaq himself, honestly, because yeah. – yeah. That that's that's where I where I where I think so because he is his happiest and he spoke about it. He is on record, man. He is happy when he's playing ball and when he's not. He was on record th- this past season talking with Zach Kiefer and Stephen Holder and on ESPN and stuff. You know he he's been in dark places at these times and of course when it comes to mental health and your happiness, we want him to be at the utmost when it comes to that. So we're not trying to, you know, foresee anything, but man. For, for him, I think it's a big year if he can get on the field. Yeah, definitely. And, and like, the thing with him, though, like, even even like you were saying, like, even whenever he's not out on the field, uh, man, do, doing great, DJ. Um, doing great, DJ. Yeah, hope you're doing great as well, man. Um, thanks for joining us, by the way. Whenever it comes to Shaq, man, like, even when he's not out on the field, like, you know he's going to be present in that building. He's going to be present in that locker room, help building these young guys up. Uh, help building, you know, this defense and and really just the whole team in general, like not even just on the defensive side of the ball. Like he means so much to the franchise itself. So he'll be present. Um, but, yeah, you, you know, you do worry about, you know, how it affects him mentally. Um, it's a tough situation he's dealing with, man. And what sucks is, like you said, man, it's, it's out of his control. And that's the hardest part about all of this is, uh, you know, you you go through these type of situations where when we saw it, you know, not not to bring up bad memories or anything, but we saw it with Andrew Luck with like he said, like, you know, injury, rehab, injury, rehab, injury, rehab. And, 
you know, it's it can take a toll on you. So him being able to navigate his way through that and hopefully, you know, and I and I fully expect him. I do expect him to play um play this year. So I, I don't think he's gonna miss the whole season. Maybe, maybe the beginning, because you know, if we we've heard even now from like other people um that he's already in a better spot this year than he was last year with the injury. He's moving well. He's been training well. So, um, but you know, there's a different difference between training and being in football shape and being out on Mm -hmm. the field. So until he's getting those live reps with contact, you know, it it, it might take some time, but you know, I'm never going to bet against a guy like that. I've said it multiple times on this show, you know, like, if there's one player probably on that entire roster, I'm not going to bet against it's, it's Shaq Leonard. So um, we're, we're just in wait and see mode for him, but yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it definitely does seem like until he's out there playing, like everybody's going to have those questions. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And this is something that has followed him since what his second year in the NFL since 2019, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. he sustained, sustained this injury and it's followed him and, you do get into some murky waters like with the Andrew Luck situation. And, you know, it's been, you know, has he even himself reached out to Andrew Luck? Now, I don't want to, like, start speculating or anything. You know, T- We know T.Y. Hilton did that because he spoke about it, right? He, he was open about it. So uh, th- those are just things. This is like me just thinking out loud, really. So let's go ahead and move on here with Quentin Nelson. Yes, Quentin Nelson, arguably the best guard in football arguably the best lineman in football. So Quentin Nelson, why is he on this list, Landon? Well, let's talk about it, okay? Quentin Nelson, why? how could he be on this list? Big Q, 5'6", how is he? Because he hasn't been playing like Quentin Nelson. That's why. And it's also, it's also involved sometimes, you saw last year, there's multiple plays where Quentin Nelson's not getting his push at the line of scrimmage, so the run game is hurting. Matt Ryan is getting sacked. Matt Ryan's getting hit multiple times, even though most of that was on Matt Pryor, Dennis Kelly, and, you know, all those other guys. So for Quentin, man, this is why I believe, and I'm going to offer this um, this view. This is why he needs a bounce-back year, because you have a rookie quarterback. That's the obvious, right? But right. also, if your rookie quarterback is struggling, he's got to be able to rely, and this is what I spoke about earlier in the offseason when it came to running backs, you are relying on five guys, mainly the three interior guys, to do their job to get the run game going, right? You, you need those guys to do their job. So Anthony Richardson needs Jonathan Taylor to lean on. Jonathan Taylor needs Quentin Nelson to lean on. And another guy we're going to talk about right after, Quentin Nelson. So in in regards to just pure protection, protecting the quarterback and making sure the run game is getting going, because we, we've seen Jonathan Taylor when the run game is going, and it's great. It's amazing. Number one in fantasy. That's why I think Quentin Nelson needs to have a bounce back here. Quite quite simple, honestly, with Big Q. Yeah, and, and like, they're really the big thing with, with Q also. Like, it's not even necessarily – that he's been bad because um, I don't think he's been bad at all, especially as the season went on last year, he got better. Um, but you look at the contract and I think like, that's kind of the big thing with him is like, you're sure he might be whenever he's not playing well, he might be the the ninth or the eighth best guard in football, 
but you're not being paid like the ninth or the eighth best guard in football, man. You're you're getting paid like you you're the one, like you're head and shoulders above everybody else. And until he performs at the level of that contract, I think that's kind of where it is. And I know he's another guy that's he's kind of dealt with injuries here the last couple seasons, you know, dealing with all season surgeries. I believe this year was actually the first offseason that he hasn't had surgery in like the last two seasons. And, uh, you know, there were some back issues as well, which I think we we did see that kind of zap what made him special. Like as far as like not only just the way he plays, the physicality, the play strength, but the speed with which he plays as well. Like, I mean, the guy's an absolute freak. And whenever you just you're a, a step slower than what your mind is, I think that can that can kind of hamper you a little bit. And I think you kind of saw that. Like we never really saw Quentin Nelson get bullied. Like mm-hmm. there there were a couple plays over the last few years where like we've seen him get put on his ass, and uh, that's not really something you ever did see with him his first few years in the league. So, um, but I, I think having a healthy off season. Uh, another year removed from those those surgeries, uh, you know, getting that play strength back up to where he is normally, getting that athleticism back to where he is normally. He's a guy that, like I said, you're you're going to be relying on not to be the eighth best guard in football. You you're going to be relying on him to be the anchor of your offensive line, to be the best guard in football, to be that Hall of Fame caliber player, and that's just something that you need to see on the field because you didn't see it last year. Yeah, I mean he's a, he's a left guard being paid like a number one wide receiver. That's that's basically the name of the game with him. And he, even to your point, when it comes to you know maybe he was a step slower and just the play in intact. One thing that needs to be mentioned is how much strain you put on your back when you're trying to maintain pad level as a guard. And that's something that you saw initially. He was in position, and then he just can't. You know they try to swing around. He just he can't stay with them. And you saw that so much on, on tape already. And that that's one of the reasons. And that's a great thing that you mentioned that this off season finally is something that he can just get in the gym, work, get back with the trainer, start working on some more agility, more pad level exercise or pad level uh, drills and just get back to who Q is. Because when Q is on his game, that means Anthony Richardson is not seeing too much pressure from the inside and Jonathan Taylor is running wild. That's usually what it leads to. So that's what we're going to say about Quentin Nelson, unless you have anything else to add on to that, Landon. No, and I think I think another good thing with him is like it, and I think this goes to the addition as well, as some of the things we've heard about Tony Sperano Jr. Um, DJ says Quentin Nelson has struggled recently, and there are uh, questions to why – to why he did i believe it was the rotation of quarterbacks and also the new additions in the offensive line could have affected uh his performance mm, maybe maybe yeah, obvi- well, I mean, obviously like, con- yeah continuity is a big thing as well yeah like, continuity is a huge thing for an offensive line and i do agree that him and like the guy we're about to talk about as well like some of that did affect them because you're constantly like if you're having to cover for the guy next to you because you're worried that he can't do his job properly then you're basically you're thinking for two guys and yeah. have one. So that's that's something that will help him as well. And then like I said, he's he's on his path to being healthy finally for a full off season, get getting back to normal. But I think the addition of Tony Sperano Jr. as well, I think that's gonna be a 
a big thing for that room just because we've heard about the accountability that he has. Like, like he doesn't let anything slide in that room. And I think that's something that was kind of lacking, you know, Very. you know, the last few years there. Um, and we really kind of saw this offensive line just kind of disintegrate more and more and more. And it seems like, you know, it kind of just hit his head last year, you know, with the, the Nick Foles thing where, you know, they, they played that game and they watched Nick Foles get tackled, you know, take a late hit and everybody just kind of stood around and watched like, you know, a couple of years ago, like we would have seen Q, like he would have been on that dude. And so I think like dealing with what he's kind of dealt with physicality wise, I think it's just kind of, he lost a little bit of that edge. And I think having a guy like Tony Sperano Jr. Who's like, I don't care if you're Quentin Nelson, I don't care if you're, you know, the greatest guard of all time, like, having a guy that's willing to call you out for your mistakes and to help you maintain that edge, I think is a big thing in that room. So uh, I'm definitely looking for a big bounce back. And like I said, this is a guy that didn't play bad last year. I mean, he's still like one of the, mm-hmm. one of the best guards in football, like top 10 guard in football, but really whenever you're looking at the value of what you're getting back for that contract, you know, you're, you're not getting paid like the eighth best guard. You're getting, paid, <laughs> you're paid to be the one. So we got to get you back. To be in that Hall of Fame, surefire number, you know, best offensive lineman in football. That's what we're yeah. looking for. And having to overcompensate because remember, Matt Pryor starting the season out at left tackle, getting beat yeah. left and right, couldn't pick up stunts. Quentin Nelson has to overcompensate. He's letting his man by to help out Matt Pryor. And he also had to help out Ryan Kelly, who is next on our list on the offensive line. Now, having two offensive linemen who need Bounce back years isn't ideal when you have a rookie quarterback, but it's not unheard of. It's not it, usually sometimes it lines up because, look, you were you finished with the number four overall pick for a reason. Right. So with, with Ryan Kelly, man, let's talk about it. Ryan Kelly, his situation is, is, is more murkier than Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson is basically straight to the point uh, business with Ryan Kelly. Man, me personally, I've seen a decline the last three years. I've seen a decline the last three years, man. The uh, there he's been battling injuries. Um, he he battled something that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy, which we don't have to bring up. So that when he returned in 2021, I don't really acknowledge that because I don't expect anybody to play uh, like a Pro Bowler during during that time. So that you know end of 2021 isn't really in my evaluation for him. But with Ryan Kelly, man, he. At times, when Danny Pinter stepped in last year, you know, he stepped in in the Denver game on Thursday night. Ryan Kelly came out of the game. Danny Pinter stepped in, and all of a sudden, no pressure up the middle unless it was Matt Pryor getting beat. So Danny Pinter stepped in, outplayed Ryan Kelly every single time he subbed in for him. Every single time. I did not think Ryan Kelly was a better center than Danny Pinter in 2022, maybe even in 2023. Back in 2020, you saw, you remember Ryan Kelly was out for the Green Bay game against Aaron Rodgers. That's when we still had Phillip Rivers. Danny Pinter comes in, starts that game, and he had a really good game. Really good game, man, at center, and that's his natural position. The Part of the reason why when we had our playing GM series, I had Ryan Kelly as a cut because, I mean, you're paying more for lesser play from Kelly and you're still having Danny Pinter on a rookie contract, paying him what? He was a 
fourth, fifth round pick. So he's getting paid maybe 700,000, maybe. And you're just paying less, su- substantially less. And again, kind of like Q, you're paying for a certain amount, but you're not really getting much in return. We know we have seen Ryan Kelly at a Pro Bowl level. We have seen him at his, at his best, and he hasn't been there the last three years. He is getting beat. He's getting mauled. He is getting manhandled. He's not getting to the second level well. He's not maintaining pad level. He's not keeping contained. Nothing. Nothing. And the run game, obviously, when we talked about Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly, they're side by side. The run game suffered from that. He couldn't get any push against anyone he faced. So it it, it goes to show that I think out of everybody on this list, this is the guy that needs to bounce back the most because he's in a he's in a contract year. And Lord knows if Chris Ballard is going to is going to resign him. Yeah. So he's got this year left and then he does have 2024. Oh, so so even more reason. Yeah. Yeah, so, so he's got one more year after this season on his contract. But uh, I think with Ryan Kelly, I think he's the one that was most affected with the change along the offensive line, um, you know, especially playing next to the right guard position, which is still kind of a question mark on this roster at the moment. Like, I don't understand, which, I mean, it's still early, you know, so so we'll see what happens as far as that goes. But um yeah, I mean, he he comp- he had to compensate a lot, and I think his issue not necessarily hasn't hasn't been injury or physical or anything like that. But I, I mean, I really do think with the situation that he dealt with uh, there a couple years ago, like it's it's a really tough mental situation that he's he's dealt with, and I think that's really put a strain on him playing football. I think like it affected you know. That that can really send you down a dark path. I mean, I've I've had friends that have kind of dealt with a similar situation, and um, it's it's still like tough on them, you know. And it's it's not something you ever really get past. Um, you just you learn to live with it, but you don't ever really get over it. Um, but I think you know as time moves on, I think it's something that he'll learn. You know, they they learn to live with you know as, as opposed to you know just letting it consume you. And that's just something that you really hope. I mean, that's, I just, I feel, I feel for the guy, like, just like in my heart, like I I feel for him and his wife. It's, I couldn't imagine what they've dealt with. Um, And, and I think that was really the main thing with him was just more mental, like not only having to deal with that off the field, but then getting on the field and having a guy next to you that you don't trust. And, And we know trust along the offensive line and the ability to, basically have five guys working as one, you know, whenever you have constant turnover at that position and we saw it multiple times last year, like it's, it's hard if you don't have that continuity and this year having more, I guess more of a clearer picture of where things are headed. You know, we, we know Bernard Ryman's likely going to be the left tackle. You know, he played well in spots that kind of solidifies Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, you know, we've seen him. And so the big question mark is right guard. And we know Smith is going to be right tackle. So, um, and, and I mean, like, they also drafted some guys as well. So uh, we saw Blake Freeland even today in OTAs with Braden Smith out playing the right tackle position. So if if they like where he's at and he's playing at a really good level in camp and you trust him and, like, you possibly kick Braden Smith over into right guard, 
that could really – like if Blake Freeland ends up being a really good tackle prospect, especially at right tackle, you can kick Braden inside, then like you could really solidify this offensive line. And, and Braden Smith is a guy that Ryan Kelly's played a lot of football with. So you're going to have that trust. You know Braden Smith's going to do his job. You know Quentin Nelson's going to do his job. And you also trust your quarterback to deal with pressure because I think that's another big thing along with, with this offensive line is having a quarterback that can navigate the pocket, can escape, is mobile. Um, is it time for Pinter? I think Pinter is a – like I don't know if necessarily I would start him. I think he's a really good spot starter if you need him. But I, I've, I don't know if I feel comfortable rolling him out for an entire season, like a season-long thing. But, uh, you know, if it's for – you know, I would much rather prefer Ryan Kelly. And he's another guy. Like, he started off slow. But I think you saw kind of as the year went on last year, you really kind of saw him pick it up. You saw his play pick up. You saw the offensive line play pick up just in general as the season went on last year. And, you know, while they weren't this dominant, you know, top five unit that they have been in the past, you know, since 2018 – you know, they weren't just this absolute just disaster class that we saw early on, you know, towards mm -hmm. the end of the season. They really played well. Ryan Kelly played well as well. So um, I think, you know, as time goes on with those with those wounds to heal mentally, with more trust in the guys next to you, and, and this offseason is going to be big and building that. Another thing, like I talked about with Nelson too, that you know that addition of Tony Sperano Jr. Like he's not going to let stuff slide. So um, I think this is a big year for Ryan Kelly, and also too, like I think a big thing with him was him questioning what his role was in this team moving forward. And I think he had those question marks last year. And this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Him having that conversation with Shane Steichen, he was one of the first guys that Shane Steichen reached out to and talked to. And Shane Steichen told him what he meant to this roster and what he meant to this offense and this team. And I think that's a big thing for a player to know. Like, hey, if if you don't know what your future is with a team and you don't know where you're at with somebody, like that can really eat at you as well. So having Shane Steichen reach out to him and make him a priority, I think that's a big thing for a player like that. And, and I think that really sets a precedent of like, okay, they believe in me. They still want me to be a key piece in this offense. You know, as we move forward, that's something that'll help him as well. So I, I do expect a bounce back just for the offensive line in general, not, not even just, you know, those two guys, I think going forward, this offensive line with the additions that they added in the draft with the possible free agents that are still available, if you don't trust still them, available, yeah, yeah, there's still a lot, a lot of really decent impact players at the guard position, and we haven't even made cuts yet. So, um, you you never know who's going to be available to bring in, but uh, I I think the bounce back is, is one of the one of the key things that I'm looking forward to for this offensive line, and then obviously having Anthony Richardson back there, a guy that can navigate pressure as well as any quarterback in this draft. Um, and, and you know, the pocket presence and the mobility and all that, like that's just going to make your life a, a lot easier as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Ryan Kelly. 
Yeah, it, it's interesting because it sounds like Will Fries, you know, Tony Sperano has some high praise for Will Fries. And, you know, we, we've already seen him at right guard and, you know, it, it can be better. And, hey, you know, maybe a year having some of those up and downs and having an offseason to work on that. Hey, maybe he bounces back. Maybe he bounces back this year. So it, it's remained to be seen. We'll, we'll talk about it at another time. But Nelson, Kelly, and Smith on the inside, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money on the inside. But, hey. Hey, I'm I'm not the one running the team. So next one, yeah, see, uh, like the thing with that though. Before we do move on, is like whenever you're paying a rookie quarterback, but then you're also paying your tackles, or you know specifically your left tackle, and some of those other guys along that offensive line. Um, you know, you're paying them kind of pennies on the dollar. Then you know it's it's not necessarily it all kind of like evens out. You know, in the end, as far as like what you're paying your offensive linemen. So and Will Fries is another guy like. Um, I think as he focuses more on like his anchor, his play strength, that was kind of a big mm-hmm. issue. But um, I, th- I think as he goes through just developing, uh, I think he he could be a guy that you know also benefits from a full off season. You know, if he is able to get that weight up, get that you know. And we heard from Bernard Ryman like he's added like fifteen pounds, I think. So he's he's pushing dang near three thirty now, and if he maintains that athleticism, like his play strength, that was really one of the only negatives for Bernard Ryman. Uh, you know, it was just you know his inability to hold his anchor and just his play strength. So um, if Will Fries follows that path, if he's gained some muscle, if he's able to play with you know more strength and able to handle those bull rushes and stuff like that, there there definitely is something there that that can happen. So. Um, yeah, I, I agree, Wyatt, for sure. So I, I think Tony Sperano Jr. is going to be a, a big addition to that. Like, we don't know what, what it's going to look like as far as X's and O's go yet, just because we haven't seen it on the field. But everything you've heard coming out of that franchise about the accountability that he holds and how detailed and prepared he is in those meetings and just the way that he doesn't let anything slide. Like, if you have a mistake, like, he's, he's you're going to do it until you get it right. And I think that's that's going to be a big piece of this offensive line's bounce back. And if he if he is going to operate like that, and if he can translate that to the field uh, w- with this offensive line group as well, if that de- those details and the preparation and the accountability transfers over, then then yeah, I think this could still like there's still a lot of talent along this offensive line to work with. For sure. And moving on here, we got to talk about every everybody's favorite, you know. I got to put him on this one. We were talking about him a little bit before landing, but I got to put him on this one. Everyone's favorite, Mo Ali Cox. <laughs> Day, you hit him with the crow? Man, that's brutal. Basically, that's a increment of what his stat line was last year. So, uh, man, l- l- let's talk about it. Now, now, for real, okay, I'm not trying to be the troll. Like, like I know, I guess that's what my reputation for Molly Cox is. But let's, like, actually dig into the football side of this without trying to do any trolling. That's my only trolling for – well, hold on. Okay, I had to get one more out of me. But what, oh, so get, getting into the actual football side of things, man, look. I was never really high on Moali Cox. I know he was like kind of a potential type tight end. Personally, I just didn't see it. I didn't think it was going to work. Then he becomes a free agent for some reason in a loaded free agent tight end class. Uh, Chris Ballard paid Moali Cox three years, $18 million. Now, kudos to him. He getting paid. He getting money. 
you know, awesome, awesome. Uh, his reputation was being a blocker, and he was a solid blocker. He was a good blocker. Jack Doyle was here. He was the number one. Molly Cox was being the number two, you know, really sticking to that uh, blocking role. But then he gets thrusted after this new contract, gets thrusted into the number one spot, which already I didn't like. I'm not sure how. Landon, how did you feel about that? Just speaking on that, you saw the tight end class. Chris Ballard ignores that, goes back and gets Molly Cox. He's your tight end one. Just speaking on that, what did you think? How did you feel about that one? Yeah. Well, I don't think like Ballard necessarily ignored it, um, you know, because he drafted Jelani Woods. He drafted Drew Ogletree. They had Colin Granson going into year two. So it, it became more of like a tight end room, like by committee, like tight end one by committee. Like you have guys that excel at different things. So, um, but he was being paid, you know, to be the number one on this roster. And we've seen him, like we have seen him excel in limited, in a limited role you know, on this team. Like he, he's graded out very well. And whenever he did have the ability to get the ball in space, get the ball in the red zone, obviously as a blocker, excuse me. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, I understand the process because like you, you don't pay guys for what they've done. You pay guys for what you think they're going to do. And unfortunately he just hasn't lived up to that. And that's just the way it goes. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, even this year, you know, they they added a, a tight end, so they've they've drafted four tight ends in the last three years. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, they're they're obviously not satisfied with that group. They also signed Faroa Brown as a yeah, free agent. Yeah, Faroa Brown is here. They just signed another tight end a couple of days ago as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll see. And I think that's really what they're doing is like they're just letting the competition shake out. And I think. To me, like I think Colin Granson and Jelani Woods have secured their spots on this roster. Like I, th- I think both of those guys are easily safe. Um, easily for Colin Granson? I do. Yeah, for Three. sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I think he's easily like okay. the best route runner, the most explosive athlete of this group. Um, well, you know, as, as far as like as a separator, his ability to get separation along route the runner, I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I, I think like he he will end up playing a big role in this, in this offense that maybe not a lot of people think, like, I think everybody's really like kind of eyeing Jelani Woods, but I think a lot of people have forgot just how like good Colin Granson was last year. Like he, he made a lot of plays, especially like he's a guy that you can line up in the slot, running those drag routes, run on those tight end screens, you know, that they, that Shane Steichen loved to throw last year in Philadelphia. He can, I mean, I, I just, I really, really like Colin Granson a lot. Um, I think, he has a lot of good qualities to him in a tight end room. And Jelani Woods, obviously, we know the athletic freak he is. Drew Ogletree, we'll see what happens coming back. Um, you know, and then, you know, drafting Will Mallory as well. He's another guy. Like, he can yeah. stretch the field, very explosive Leaper. athlete. So, um, but they really need Mo Ali Cox. If he does end up making this roster, like, they, they still need a guy that can block. Um, I mean – that's just such a crucial role for this team. And Pharaoh Brown, you know, while he, you know, a couple of years ago, he had a really good season as a blocker. Like he kind of struggled a little bit last year in a bigger role, kind of similar to Mo Ali Cox, where both guys, they played well in spurts and limited roles, but whenever they got that main guy role to be that main, main blocker, I mean, mm-hmm. they struggled a little bit. So 
I think it's more of a competition between those guys to see like, okay, we really need a guy to step up and be that guy we can throw in in those run running situations. And, and, you know, Marley Cox, he's got the talent. I mean, he's, he's got the body, he's got the size, um, the arm length. I mean, like he has all the tools. You just, you haven't seen him put it all together yet. And that's really what you're hoping for. You know, this is another thing with bringing in a new tight end coach as well. We we'll see how that translates to the field, but there's a lot of competition in that tight end room. So he's going to have to show out this off season. Like he it's, his spot is not safe at all and he he's going to have to really put in the work and show them the improvements that he can be that every down jack doyle type where he can move the chains be a good target in the red zone but really make an impact as a blocker and that's something that he has excelled at in the past but whenever he was given the keys to the car he you know he kind of wrecked it a little bit so um yeah we'll 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 see what happens but that's just kind of yeah. my Cox. He, he wrecked I, it for understood, sure. I understood where Chris Ballard was going with that because, like I said, he he played really well in spurts, and you're paying for guys for what you think they can do. He graded out really well, so I don't I don't hate the contract. It's not like you know he it's not like he rolled out you know 15 million a year for the guy. So I mean, I mean nine million is still a a really good number for a tight end. Let's be honest here. Like that's you're in that tier. You're like you're in that third, second tier of tight ends when you're getting paid that money. Now, with the talent does not match up with the investment. That's just one thing of putting it. The talent or the production, rather, does not equal the investment. Let's rather say that because Molly Cox is in the NFL. He's got talent. But his cap is only $5 million. He's only, I mean, so he's actually only making $4.8 million this year. But, so. st- but, but, but still. The fact that he was paid to be the number one guy, and then you got outshined by a rookie, and we all know how tough it is for rookies to produce and shine in their rookie year, let alone their second. Especially to get to get yes, a tight end, absolutely. Jelani Woods, for whatever reason, man, for whether if it was Frank Reich or Jeff Saturday, I don't know why Jelani Woods was not getting more targets. I I don't know why. Yeah, as far as targets go, I know he did kind of struggle as a blocker, so it was Uh hard. It was really hard to put him on the field and take Moelle Cox off because they're even as bad as Moelle Cox was last year. There still was like a downgrade and like he's yeah. still kind of learning that that position as well. Like let's not forget, like he's only played tight end for just a few years. Like he mm-hmm. he came into college as a quarterback. So um, <laughs> kind of the same thing with Will Mallory. Like Will Mallory, like a lot of these guys have only played tight end for just a few years. So you're drafting yeah. for these so, athletic traits. So so we'll, so with Mo, man. He's got to step up as a, if anything, if, if anything, I mean, the pass catching part, I mean, man, I, I left that ship like three years ago. I knew he didn't have it when it comes to the blocking though. He's got to step it up because technically you do need a blocker. You, you always want a good blocking tight end Jelani Woods. You, you, you take the receiving stuff. You take on that stuff with your height, your agility, your route running and your speed. You take on that shoulder, that, that load. Mo Ali Cox has to step it up. He needs a bounce back year for the sake of his job, for the sake of the run game, right? We all remember how crucial Jack Doyle was to the run game because of his blocking and Mo Ali Cox's blocking as the number two. So he, he needs to step it up, not just because, and I always look at it as that. I'm just a big, what is the production versus what is the investment? That That's, I guess, that's how I look at it. And, right. yeah, yeah. and, and that everybody looks at it very differently, but 
That's how I look at it. What are you being invested in? And you're making more than everybody else in the room, making more than everybody else in the room. But you're also doing a lot less than if this year goes the way we might think is doing less than Jelani Woods, doing less than Kylan Branson, probably going to do more than Will Mallory and Drew Ogletree. But what about Farrell Brown? Is he going to come in and take take most spot? I mean, yeah. the fact that he's the he's the vet in that room, he's the leader in that room. He's been the guy that's been here since the beginning. So he was he was with air with uh with jack doyle eric ebron back in 2018 remember that like he was there and now he's here heading into 2023 he's got to step it up as a leader as uh, in production blocking if anything if you're a great blocker i really don't care how many catches and receiving yards you have if you are a good blocker i just care less yeah there's a spot for you for sure. Yeah, there, there's a spot for you. That that's yeah. my, my that's my take on Mo because you yeah. need a blocking tight end, and I think he can be that. I think he can be that. He's still got that because he's shown it. Yeah, it's just getting it consistency. Yeah, consistently, and uh, that's really always kind of been his been his problem. It's like I said, you've seen the flashes, but you just haven't seen the consistency. So um, he's probably the guy on this list that we've talked about that to me is is in the biggest competition because of how loaded that tight end room is right now mm-hmm. as far as how many guys they brought in um he's really going to have to show that that he's made some improvement and you know he's able to come out and compete you know at a high level consistently and if not then you know he could be a cut candidate whereas these yeah. other guys I, I think their spot on the roster is pretty solidified at the moment yeah so, I mean, hey, we're all looking forward to Jelani Woods and what he can do this year. Kylan Granton, Iowa, I mean, we probably got to wait a couple years for Will Mallory and see what he can do. But, hey, you never know. You never know. Uh, they do have a metric of drafting guys, and maybe he gets a maybe he gets a fast track to some playing time next year in, in 2024. So let's go on move on to our last candidate here. I think this one maybe some fans were, you know, thinking, well, when is this guy going to come up? We were saving him for last. Kenny Moore the second. A guy who is returning in a system that Gus Bradley and Ron Miles really tried, and they just couldn't find a spot for him. They really could not find a way to use him because Gus Bradley is old school. He is an established defensive coach. He's not changing his scheme. He's got credibility, and he's going to run it, and he does. He, I'm not going to say, well, I wouldn't say he's not going to change his scheme because in this type of defense, he was even open with it about the things that he would change. But with Kenny Moore, man, you even saw it. Like, he was in one position. He was in the other position. Like, there was confusion. He was out of touch. He wasn't making plays. This is a guy who needs it because he's entering a contract year. We all remember about, you know, the stuff that he was talking about last year, heading into training camp. Oh, I need to be paid. I want a contract extension. And then comes out ends 2021 badly has a very questionable 2022 and now coming into a contract year he needs a bounce back year basically because he's the leader in the corner room now he's the vet in the corner technically he's the vet in the secondary really because Rodney McLeod is gone so you're the vet and you need to perform I mean this is this is one thing that I heard um from from Shannon Sharp the other day, and it really spoke to me when we were sitting down thinking about these guys. And when it came to Kenny Moore, he can sit up there and be encouraging, get guys back on their feet, but you got to go out there and perform. 
You got to. Rodney McClown did that so nicely. And the quote that I heard was Shannon Sharp said his grandfather told him, boy, I see better than I hear. And that is something that thought made me think of Kenny Moore immediately. You can be a leader, but you got to step it up on the field. You got to play better on the field. And I'm hoping with a with a offseason in touch, Gus Bradley, Ron Miles returning, they know what Kenny Moore is. They see him up close and personal instead of just saying, okay, we're going to scout him for this game. No, he's your player now. You got a full season. You're getting into an offseason. How are they going to use him? I think it's got to be a bounce back for Kenny Moore, honestly, man, because he is going to be the vet in that room. You're giving, bringing in three rookies. You got Isaiah Rogers, but also you still got a young, unproven guy in Dallas Flowers who was a special teams guy for you last year. So you're really young, really inexperienced. Kenny Moore definitely has a lot on his shoulders in 2023. Yeah, for sure, man. And he's a guy, like you said, he just kind of ended 2021 badly that transition to 2022, it seems like, you know, he was the guy that everybody was saying, he's like, well, he got the pro bowl. And then it's just kind of after that, everything just fell apart. Like he was just kind of in it to get that individual award. And then after he got that, it just kind of all went downhill. So um, I think that was a kind of a lesson learned. And another guy that really was kind of questioning what his place on this team moving forward was. And then they go out, you know, they have a conversation with Gus Bradley um, and Kenny Moore about what his role is moving forward. I think there was a misunderstanding last year of like kind of what he brought to the table and cause he's not that guy you can just throw out on the outside and he's just going to be that shutdown corner. He's more of like a chess piece, like where you can line him up, especially like blitzing, you know, attacking the ball, attacking the line of scrimmage, um, he just he makes plays, and we didn't really see that last year. So I think they have a better plan for him moving forward based on everything that I've heard, um, based on what they've said. There's a little bit more of a different way they're going to be using him as opposed to what they used him last year. So you will kind of see a little bit of a change in Gus Bradley and how he utilizes Kenny Moore um, moving forward, and I think that's going to be a benefit to both the player and to the team. And Because we know at his best, man – we know Kenny Moore can be one of the the best players in like in the secondary in the NFL, not just yes, you know, not just like an impact player. I mean, we're we're talking about legit one of the best players in the secondary in football, and mm-hmm. we know what kind of impact he can make. So, whenever you can utilize him correctly, have him feel more comfortable in this defense, have him really kind of get past his struggles that he dealt with, and. I know there were some pieces that came out last year about how difficult it was, um, you know, mentally for him as well. So that's another guy that just he seemed to have some struggles mentally. And I think he's gotten past those. Um, you know, we, we definitely hope that because, you know, as I wear my bracelet here, kicking the stigma, as we know, like mental health, like mm-hmm. it's such a crucial thing. So um, being able to be in a good place mentally just opens so many doors for for guys. And it's really one of the biggest sell, like, I mean, not really selling points, but it's one of the biggest indicators of, you know, success and stuff like that is if, if you're good mentally, you look good, you feel good, perform mm-hmm. good, all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think him moving forward, I think we'll see more of the Kenny Moore of old 
then, especially in contract years too. Like guys in contract years, they always tend to seem seem to play a little bit better than than they did the years. Might be a little did. bit motivation behind it. Yeah, so um, I think that's going to play a good role uh, as, as well in, in his ascent. So I'm expecting a lot of these guys to have bounce back seasons. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with the coaching staff, the energizing um nature that Shane Steichen and some of these other position coaches bring having finally a quarterback you know you've selected a quarterback um that you expect to be the future and I just think like not having to go through that carousel every single year now um you have the guy moving forward that you're expecting to be that guy and that's a big thing for a roster man like that that is like like what they've dealt with really since Andrew Luck retired with new guys every single year, like it really takes its toll on the locker room, not just an offense, but like just the team in general, it can really take its toll on a team. And um, so I think finally having the head coach and, you know, the accountability he brings, the preparation he brings, having another year with Gus Bradley, and then finally having that quarterback, I, I think things are set up well for this team moving forward. Man, something I was told four years has been an emotional roller coaster on West 56th Street. An emotional roller coaster. I believe it. I believe it. I can't even imagine going through that much turnover at the most important position in football. I mean, the, I mean, the players have been professional about it. You know, they haven't gone off script and you know, going bashing out at the reporters or anything, but there have been some comments here and there let out by Michael Pittman, Marley Cox, and other guys like, hey, kind of get this thing situated. You know, let's get let's get it figured out. Yeah. Kind of calling out Chris Ballard a little bit. And look, I don't think Chris Ballard is above um criticism from his own players. I mean, absolutely. You're you're up here preaching uh, preaching every single offseason about what you're gonna do and how you're gonna do it. And oh, we can't rely on Paris Campbell being the number two or three, and then five months later, he's your number two. So you, you can't really come up there and, and, and you know preach about that and not deliver on it. Just like just like what, what I said earlier about uh that quote from Shannon Sharp, boy, I see better than I hear. It actions speak louder than words. It, 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 it's got to deliver. Well, it's and a, now yeah, now you've got the kid. It's a results-oriented business. And yep. Jim Irsay has even said that. He's like, you know, we like consistency and patience and, you know, that 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 all is a big thing with this team and with, with the locker room, and that does play a big role in it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, too, it's about the product you put out on the field. It's a, It's about winning and losing ballgames. And we can talk about how great guys are analytically and how great, you know, this guy performs this well on third down at this yards and this distance. And, like, yeah, that's all great and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's about winning and losing football games. And mm-hmm. that's that's why these guys play. You know, you, you play to win the game. Like, you, you don't play to look good in the stat sheet and to look good on a, on a chart. You know, you, you play to win football that. games. So um, I'm probably going to piss off a lot of people, <laughs> the analytics. Uh, but I mean, like, that's just the reality of it. That's just how you you look at it um, whenever you are in a competitive sport like that. Um, hey, look, at I, Lovey, look at Lovey Smith. He, he had the number one pick in hand, but he said, nah, I'm going to go yeah, out with a win. Yeah, you're always trying to, trying to win. And, and like, unless you've been in a 
like in, in a locker room, in a competitive sport, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to play, you know, at, at a high level of sports, you know, and, and with soccer and stuff, um, you know, and I've, I've been a part of those locker rooms. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's about winning. Like some of the worst games, I like some of the worst memories I have were games that I played individually great. I, I played great in, but I was so devastated because we lost the game. And like what, yep. like what I did on, like, it didn't matter. Like, I don't, I don't care, you know, there was one game in particular, like we, we were, um, we played, it was the Tide American Cup. And so we were playing on that. We were going up against an undefeated team that hadn't been beaten the entire tournament. Um, and nobody had scored on them the entire tournament. Not a single goal led up. And this was like, I believe it was the semifinals. We were in semifinals. Um, I scored a goal on them. The, the only goal they left in the entire tournament was the one that I scored. And we celebrated. It was fun. We lost the game, and I was devastated. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't about an individual performance. It was about, you know, we didn't get the job done, and it and it, and it ate me alive. And that's just that's the way it is in competition. It's like you don't care about the numbers, and you don't care about the analytics and all that stuff. You care about winning games, and you care about you know getting the job done as a as a unit, and priding yourself in that competition and going through that grind together. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just part of it. So, yeah, I don't think he's above criticism. I think he's done a lot of really good things. I'll, yeah, he's a lot of really questionable things. But at the end of the day, you know, the, they have the ability now to be patient, to bring Anthony. I think like everybody understands what the expectations are this year. Like this isn't necessarily I mean, like, yeah, it, 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 it's always going to be about winning and losing, but it's more about the future of where this team's headed. And I think that's really what you're looking forward. So all these guys being bounce back candidates and having a bounce back year, being better individually. And as a unit, especially that offensive line, I think that translates to on-field success. So um, yeah, I'll I'll be curious to see kind of how this all kind of plays out with these, you know, guys we talked about as individuals and as, as a unit. Yeah, definitely dude. And and I agree. So Guys, with that, that has been an episode of the Blue Stable Podcast, man. Marcus, we still waiting on you uh, to, to get back with us. Hope you up and uh, obviously doing good, man. So other than that, Landon, I don't think we have anything else. Again, OTAs have started. Mandatory mini camp is June 13th through the 15th. Training camp coming soon since the Colts have a new head coach. They will start a week earlier than every other franchise. So, that's uh, the the beautiful thing about it. More practice, more football, more coverage, man. You already know what is going on. So, Landon, man, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, I will. Uh, hopefully, as long as everything is figured out by then, hopefully we have a plan in place. Other than that, guys, thank you again. If you are watching on YouTube or listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other listening platform, Please make sure you give us a five-star review. Make sure you always stay connected with the Blue Stable. We really appreciate it. And make sure you're following the Blue Stable account on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook as well. So, Landon, man, this has been a pleasure. We'll see you next week. Marcus, hopefully you come back. Guys, come see us back next week. Hope you enjoyed the show. See you. All right. See you guys.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.